Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. My name is Greg Mahachko, the co-host on the West Coast. He is on social media, Twitter, at Chad Smart. He is Chad Smart. Chad, we're doing it again. What have we done? We've, what, have we, what have we done to ourselves with the, this topic that we might not be able to quite pull 30 minutes from? Oh, I think we'll be able to pull 30 minutes, but uh, man, it just seems like we did this a week ago, a week ago. I can't believe these these shows keep coming up so quick. But uh, I was going to point out real quick because you know how I feel about podcast and time and everything being relevant and and all that. Gar- uh, I don't say garbage. I almost say garbage. I don't know why. But you said you know it's a new episode or something along those effects. But someone could discover this show months down the line where this episode is not a new episode or, you know, it's just every episode is kind of a new episode when you do it because it's something that you're doing now. It's, it's very weird. I, I think I'm going to go back to school and write a physics paper on time knowledge and podcasting and maybe work on a Nobel peace prize. Well, or a Nobel prize in physics, I guess would be the thing. Not peace. Two weeks ago, we talked about comic books. Uh, so in in this regard, I think it's fair to draw the, um, not the comparison, but, uh, you know, the, the legendary R.I.P. Stan Lee once said, you know, because in, in those early, I don't know, early, but certainly the 60s and 70s Marvel books, you always had just a brief synopsis of, like, oh, how did Peter Parker become Spider-Man? And it's, you know, it's like a, a one little dialogue block. Teenage high schooler, you know, science whiz Peter Parker was, you know, bit by a radioactive spider and gained the abilities of a spider. Um, that's not yeah, really... Yeah, and then Marvel took that and had to make it 45 minutes of every Spider-Man movie. Sure, but the the point being that Stan Lee, his, his mantra over, over those years was always, you know... Treat every comic book like it's somebody's very first comic book. Now, it doesn't matter. This is, you know, I think, I know for sure we're in double digits as far as episode numbers of Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. And yes, we're recording this on the Ides of March 2020. And they might pick it up six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. Who knows when they're going to find us? But this is always going to be a new episode for them, unless they go back and listen to it multiple times, in which case, why would you do that to yourselves? I don't even go back and listen to it after I record it. Fair point. And I know NBC used to run the slogan, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. So if this is your first time listening to this show, it is a brand new episode. See, I'm not wrong. True. I mean, this is where the physics part and time lineation comes in. And I don't <laughs> even think lineation is the right word, but or a word at all, but... It's uh, my podcast or our podcast, so I can make up words. I make I do up it words quite often on most of the shows that I do. I make I make up words all the time, Chad. We're, you're in fantastic company. Uh, welcome. It has been just an insane week since. Uh, let's let's you know just discuss that briefly, and, and we do have a, a really fun topic for you all this week. But we don't record. I mean, these shows drop on Thursdays, but we're not you know sitting there midnight 
you know, Thursday or 10 p.m. for Chad on the West Coast, uh, recording them just before they drop. We typically record them a few days before because Chad has, you know, 43 other podcasts and I have 22 other podcasts. So we, we just, we, we, it allows the the post production aspect, um, you know, to to happen. So we did not record this episode last Wednesday, but last Wednesday, uh, pardon my uh, French, but some shit hit the fans. Uh, we we had the suspension of the regular or the rest of the NBA season, NHL season. Since then, uh, most of the conference, you know, NCAA conference basketball tournaments and March Madness the Masters is suspended NASCAR I the the world's gone topsy-turvy on us Chad how are you holding up well you know the the government has suggested um I'm blanking on the correct term but it's separation from society it's self societal societal distancing I believe yes okay that's that's the term uh I've been practicing that for like the last 20 years so this really isn't anything new to me. It's just, but it's, it's that thing where, you know, you do it on your own, but then when someone tells you, like, like if you're going to wash the dishes, but then your wife comes along and says, you know, Greg, you should really do the dishes. You're like, well, I'm not doing the dishes now because you told me to. So I kind of feel that way where I'm like, I normally just come home and sit in my apartment anyway and watch TV and watch bad movies that I can then suggest to you for our, you know, every other week episode. But now I'm like, I don't want to be stuck in my apartment. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go get something to eat or, you know, and it has helped that it has been raining here in Los Angeles this past week. So I haven't been able to get out as much. But, yeah, it's really weird. I, you know, I, we were talking before we started recording and I've had many conversations with friends. I think, I I hope, I should say that this is being blown way out of proportion and it's not as bad as they're saying, but I can understand wanting to err on the side of caution. And I think closing down for the next two weeks or till the end of end of March is a, is a good idea. Anything that is beyond let's say mid April that is already canceling. I think that's a bit extreme. And uh, speaking of extreme, did you know it's 31 years ago that their debut album came out oh sorry wrong podcast i don't work extreme references into the show as much but yeah i uh i don't know i we'll see how it is i went to the store and uh my one observation is no matter how bad it gets nobody is eating cream of mushroom soup we uh so one of uh the other podcast that I do, the Five Heart Podcast, which is on coordination.com. Uh, John is our fearless leader and founder of that website. And he did like a, a update on Twitter of his trip to Target on Saturday. And he said it was the butternut squash soup that was all alone. He called it the bellwether. He says, nobody's taking it. I've actually on purpose bought cream of mushroom soup, Chad. And and cooked with it, and it's it's good. I mean, you know, I my mom always made it, used it for tuna casserole. No, nope. and I'm kind of like, man, I wish I had uh, some of that right now. But yeah, it's very weird. I went to the store last Friday and got the last loaf of bread. There was no tuna, no other soup other than cream of mushroom. But uh, at least everybody was being civilized and 
and, you know, just normal. And I was out of the store within and back home within 30, 35 minutes. Um, but I, I, I will say, you know, if you are one of those people out there that are buying up tons of toilet paper, You're, maybe you should have seen a doctor beforehand because I just want to say, I don't, yeah, go ahead. I, for someone who doesn't prep, doesn't plan ahead, and went to the store, two stores today. I mean, I've followed social media, so I know the chances were not great. But I uh, went to my regular grocery store and, and the Target on the way home from that. I was looking for some toilet paper because we have like two rolls left in the house. And turns out I probably should have got toilet paper last Sunday at the grocery store. Because there was not... I got some of those flushable wipes, Chad. So that's going to be a fun feeling. Hey, here, here's a little life hack for you. As long as McDonald's has napkins, you've got toilet paper. Uh, as as long as, well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie. Some if 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 it comes down to that, I've got one of those like removable shower heads on my shower. Yeah, that so, too. So I'll just you know do my business. And then I'll just hop in the shower, which is oftentimes how it works. Anyway, I mean, usually with wipage involved, but I'll just mm-hmm. you know I'll just you know essentially hose myself down. Anyway, Chad, by God, we only got thirty <laughs> minutes. Let's get on to our topic for this week, and that is collecting baseball cards. Chad, uh, I, 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 I thought we were going to do a Skullbuster WrestleCast show and put up one topic and then completely not touch on it for the entire show. But okay, if you want to talk baseball cards, let's talk baseball cards. I mean. It's it's a serious moment. We could actually probably fill another twenty five minutes on COVID nineteen. We could, but I want to bring lightheartedness. But then, see, that's the thing is, if someone discovers the show a year from now, COVID nineteen is going to be so outdated. They're going to be on COVID twenty one by then. Like COVID nineteen is so twenty twenty. So fair. Baseball cards though are forever. They are, uh, Chad. Have you done any research to know what the most uh, expensive baseball card that ever uh, was ever sold earned? Uh, I believe it is a Hornus Wagner card. I don't know who Hornus Wagner is, but Honus Wagner, yes. Okay, yes. Okay, Honus. Um, but I don't know what it sold for. I'm going to guess probably more than five dollars and twenty-two cents. <laughs> so uh, it's a 1909 T206 Honus Wagner. Sold for $3.12 million. Didn't Nick Cage buy it? I, I don't. I didn't get into that that much detail. Uh, followed by Mickey Mantle's 1952 Tops card at $2.88 million. Uh, and a Mickey Mantle card was also third on the list, uh, 1951 Bowman. But that was only three quarters of a million dollars. So, um, do you... Do, so we talked, you know, uh, last time around, as far as, you know, when it wasn't a movie, we talked about comic books and how I was bequeathed, uh, you know, some comic books. But d- when you got into, because com- I think it's a rite of passage, you know, for, for most boys is you, you get comic or baseball cards in some form or fashion. Were, were you given some, like some older cards that, you know, became yours or or did, is this just something that uh, you you started collecting one day. Tell us a little bit. What's your secret origin with uh, baseball cards, Chad? Uh, to the best of my recollection, it was 
I think my best friend that lived across the street from me had cards. And so then I really got into baseball in the, you know, I, I remember the 1982 season when the St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series mm-hmm. and kind of followed 83 and 84. But I think 1985, when I was 11 years old, uh, I really got into baseball and was watching a lot. And that's when I started collecting cards. And I, I want to say, and now looking back, I, I could be completely wrong. I remember having 1985 cards, but I think it wasn't, I think I bought the 1987 tops and Fleer, like complete sets from the baseball card shop because it was much easier to do that than to pay 40 cents for a pack and try to not get duplicates. Um, but yeah, the 85 season would have been probably the start of my baseball card collecting that lasted about three years. So I also started in the 80s, uh, later 80s. I was probably you know, it's seven to eight, you know, so we're talking maybe six, 88, 89, 90s, uh, probably when I began. And I just remember I had, I had a couple of cards and look like I had a buddy of mine who was more into football cards. I mean, he was, he was more into football period. Uh, so he had the, uh, Beckett's pricing guide and would sit there and be like, Oh, well this one's, you know, moved up you know, two cents this month or, you know, whatever. He got into that aspect of it. I just, I never took it that seriously at that time. I just, you know, I had some cards. If, you know, I I had a, if a classmate or something had somebody and I recognized that player's name, I, I went more on, you know, like, oh, I've heard that name rather than, oh, that guy's really good. Like, that's why I think for a long time I wanted a Gary Gaetti baseball card because he's from Centralia, Illinois. Uh, same town as my wife's, uh, you know, hometown. Um, played for the Cubs, played for the Cardinals, played for the Twins. Um, so there you go, Tom Skoll. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. I, and, of course, I, I eventually would acquire one of his in a, in a set later on in, in the 90s. But, uh, you know, I, I went for, oh, you know, names. Because, look, if I didn't know their name, it didn't matter, you know, if they were – you know, a 10-time All-Star, 9-time Gold Glover, if I didn't know the name, it didn't mean anything to me, you know? True. I, and that's, I mean, that's how I feel about baseball today is I turn it on, and I have no idea who any of these players are, and so I don't care. Uh, other than, like, you know, Yadier Molina, who I'm sure I just butchered his name, and Albert Pujols, but, yeah, Collecting cards, I can understand that. And also, I'm sure you had a favorite team, and so you wanted, you know, the entire team mm-hmm. uh, represented. Represented St. Louis Cardinals, um, baby. Yeah, nobody wanted the Cleveland Indians until 1987, and then when you found out that you couldn't get a Willie Mays Hayes <laughs> or a um, Roger Dorn card, no one cared again. So. Yeah. No, I I'm in uh, complete agreement, and uh, so I you know I had a one plastic case that held uh, you know probably it was it was a a fold in the middle, which is not by the way the best way to have a plastic case that you're going to put a bunch of cards in because when you open it up in the middle, cards are going to fall out one way or another. Um, but I had that pretty well stocked full. I had a few others 
that had uh, you know another stack or two that had rubber bands in them. I, I probably had a shoebox full of them in no particular order. Um, it wasn't until I was a teenager, uh, a couple of buddies of mine, in fact, uh, you know, uh, my best friend Joe, who uh, would later be the best man at my wedding, uh, so that's how long I've known him, is uh, 20, damn, 24 years now, give or take, but um, this was probably, he moved away in 98, so it was the spring of 98, he, uh, myself, and another friend of ours uh, would take about weekly trips into town, which, you know, we lived out in Clinton County, uh, but we'd go into Fairview Heights, go to the mall or something like that, and buy a few packs of cards, or, or in sometimes an entire box, trying to, hoping to, get that entire set. Now, none of those boxes ever said, entire set, mind you, but we always hoped, and then we'd, you know, get back to uh, Brandon's house, and we'd, you know, had our uh, collector's trading cards binders that I was telling you before we started rolling sound that I ran out to the garage and brought it inside just for this very episode um before we started recording tonight um because i couldn't even remember you know it's been 22 years i couldn't even remember the brand if it was at tops or or anything like that and come to find out it's none of those that you'd probably recognize the brand is thunder and you remember this is before wcw's thursday nights so yeah i was just wondering are are they the same people that put out dr thunder (laughs) No, I don't think so. Dr. Pepper knockoff um, soda. I think uh, yeah, I've never heard I, of Thunder. I think that's Vess, isn't it? Do you remember Vess soda? I remember Vess, but yeah, I I just know it's the generic soda that you get at Walmart. So, Mountain yeah. Lightning, Dr. Thunder. Mm-hmm. Still better than Mr. Pibb because Dr. Thunder finished med school. Mr. <laughs> Pibb did not. <laughs> Mr. Pibb just had to settle uh, to be a chiropractor or something. Uh, but to indicate... This, uh, the year that these were printed, and I'm trying to find real quick, uh, but it's not, yeah, so I mean, this is, had had to be before the 98 season, but it has Alex Rodriguez still with the Seattle Mariners <laughs> before he went to Texas for a couple of years, before he went to New York for that insane contract. Um, but we, and now he's, now he's playing on the JLo team, right? Hey, more power to him, I suppose. You know, I mean, that, that, that I guarantee you it, it has uh, good pay as long as you stay uh, off the injured reserve or, or off the uh, uh, disabled list or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> as long as you don't, as long as you don't fail the uh, uh, team's testing policy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to bring that back. But uh, uh, so it, I mean, but it also has. Uh, you know, Mark McGuire. And this, you got to remember, in 97, this was right before baseball came back. You know, it was that mm-hmm. summer of 98, the home run uh, race between McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and for a while there, Ken Griffey Jr. So this was right, I mean, we're a few years removed from the, uh, the I don't want to say the lockout, but the uh, strike, the, the baseball strike in, I think, 94, uh, which turned a lot of people off to baseball period uh so you get you know you get that excitement that buzz back around baseball uh because of that home run uh, and we, we could talk about that another time but that home run race between mcguire and sosa there down to the wire and i'm just looking through these and it's like these are these are the names that i remember when it comes to baseball you know like when when i'm 60 i'm gonna remember the ozzy smith's 
the Albert Pujolses, the Mark McGuire's, the uh, uh, Cecil Fielders, Larry Walker's, you know, the Cal Ripken Juniors. He's in here, the Greg Maddox. By the way, fun note, Gregory Maddox and Greg Mahochko share the same middle name. I'm going to let you take a guess on that later on if we have time. Um, but just, you know, these are – this was the height of my baseball fandom, you know, it was in, in that 98, uh, 97, 98, 99 range. Ooh. And let me ask you real quick, how old would you have been in 98? 98 uh, was the summer I turned 16. Okay. Older than I was expecting, but I'll carry on. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> well, I was just thinking you would, if seen if you were in the same range uh, that I was when I collected cards or that when, uh, uh, allegedly, from what I have been told, the summer that, that you are, or the year that you are 12 years old, is the best year in sports. Well, 12 would have been the summer of '94 when there was no baseball, so I can't gotta yeah. gotta uh, disqualify okay. that one. Um, but one of the things that I loved, and maybe this was accidental, maybe we went with this brand on purpose, but the town that I'm from in Clinton County. Uh, has, you know, seven years prior to this, he was a state, you know, basketball champion at, at, at uh, our high school. His dad was the uh, a basketball coach, athletic director, and he had, as they say in, in other uh, athletic industries, a cup of coffee. He had a cup of coffee in the bigs, uh, and his name was Brent Brady, and so his card is here. He was with the Arizona Diamondbacks at the time, and... Uh, yeah, so it's, you know, it, I have that card, and that's as, as goofy as it sounds because it's not worth anything because he didn't, you know, no offense to the guy. I mean, I, I know him personally, but he didn't, you know, excel at that level, but he got there, you know, and that's more than a lot of baseball players can ever say. Uh, but that's one of my prized. More than T- Tim Tebow can say. For now. For now. Don't don't no, you. Uh, for now. And I, I can't, I don't know if this is officially autographed but apparently i do have an albert pujols autographed card but i say this it's got a caveat that it looks like it was handed out on christian family day (laughs) back in uh 2004 so it's it's on a page of its own at the very back um i i think part of it for me and i uh do you remember like when they started doing various gimmicks on the cards? Like it used to be just, you know, there's a picture on the front, there's the stats on the back, and that was a baseball card. But then, you know, they started doing like game worn jersey or mm. with this box, uh, you buy this box and you're entered into a drawing to have a, a game used second base or, you know, something ridiculous like that. Do you remember any of those? Any of those little gimmicks that when, when you were collecting? No, when I was collecting. It was forty cents a pack. You got nine cards and a cardboard piece of gum. Later on, I think in your age is uh, when they started doing these gimmicks, and it became I think like three dollars a pack for five cards and no gum. And so, what if you're not getting the gum? There's no reason to collect baseball cards. But <laughs> I do. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Is that yeah? You put in little gimmick cards or things because you that's going to entice. You know, fans to want to buy them, and uh, I believe you know the WWE cards that they still sell will do the same thing. We're like, here's a piece of the canvas from WrestleMania. It's like, let's hope it's not cool. the piece with staph infection. Yeah. Oh, too soon. Never. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, but that's the thing is like, let me, so do you remember what you were paying for a deck of cards at the time? No. And like I said, because we bought them typically by a small box. Um, mm. and unfortunately I like, I barely remember, like the only reason that I know what I had for breakfast this morning is because it's Sunday and that's donut day. Uh, but I, I, I have a horrible memory. That's why surprise Chad, when we're all done with this, I'm going to say, Hey buddy, do you want to get up, uh, uh, on the, on the website and do the write up and, and I'll do the audio sometime this week because I, I'm for some reason, I'm such a, and it pisses me off, and, and don't get me wrong, it pisses my wife off even more. But I'm such a like at that moment type of person that I forget a lot of things when that moment's gone. Does that make sense? It, it does, and I can understand uh, why you got your wedding date tattooed on your arm. <laughs> it makes sense now. Uh, well, you know they they say don't put you know your uh, your. Um, uh, significant other's yeah, name significant on your other, yeah. neck. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it could end well if you end up getting a divorce from them later, <laughs> Undertaker. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. So as we're running down, and, and I'm going to switch topics from baseball cards real quick because we do have like you know, four minutes, pl- close pl- to four minutes. Uh, what's that? We got close to four minutes, don't we? Well, yes, but this is going to lead into a discussion. Okay, hopefully. Right. Sorry, we'll see. Um, because I am a pop culture nerd. Before I started collecting baseball cards, I collected cards based on te- television and movie series like E.T., Empire Strikes Back, Dukes of Hazard. Did you collect any of these? So I, I'm glad you asked that question because oddly enough, in this same binder, the same three-ring binder that I have my baseball cards, and I thought they were in the other little uh, folder that I had out in the garage, but I have Marvel cards. Hmm. Marvel art in various, uh, you know, of all, you know, not all, but, you know, all, a lot of your favorite Marvel characters, uh, you know, X-Men and Spider-Man and, and uh, you know, just a, a ton of them. In fact, I should use this. This would be great reference material for one of my other podcasts, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll not bring that up now. Um, but so those are like the pop culture cards that I have. And uh, it's really crazy because when, as you're looking at these, you're like, oh, my God half of these people I can't believe they were created and I hope they never see time on the big screen uh, do you have a human eraser card I do not I do have a human torch uh, I know they're yeah, not I'm the waiting same. for the human eraser movie um, I mean I, I I just saw one here oh, where was it there's a Thanos how about Doug Lock? have you ever heard of Doug Lock? Uh, I have not, but it sounds like a character that should be played by Kevin James. It was a uh, – uh, um, he's a member of Excalibur, and that's about all I'm going to say. Um, but no, I mean it's – you know, it, and it's, part of it's cool because when you get back far enough into these cards, uh, you get nine cards on the page, and some of them create an actual scene. You know, like so there's the scene, very famous uh, scene from, you know, um, uh, Mar- Marvel Comics where – Magneto is ripping the uh, adamantium out of Wolverine's body. I mean, so that's, you know, that's kind of cool. They just, you get all the pictures together, and like I said, it shows off a scene. So, you know, things like that, they're all right, you know. But, but um, yeah, it's, you know, it's weird. You, you pull something out of the garage that you haven't looked at in over 15 years. But, you know, it's, it's been with me 
Like I said, this binder's been with me since I was living at home in the 90s, so 22 years. That's three different states, probably five or six different residences. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, I'll pass it on to my boy someday, and he'll be like, Dad, you're a nerd. Well, and see, and that's the thing is, like, I mentioned that I had the full set, I believe, of Top and Fleer cards in 85 or 87. We'll say 87 for sake of argument. I think I might still have the top set somewhere back at my parents' house, but the other cards, I have no idea whatever happened to them. Um, you know, and looking up earlier when I was looking at the 85 cards, because that's what I thought I had, uh, the top rated 1985 card is a Mark McGuire rookie card, hmm. uh, which is actually from when he was on the USA Olympics baseball team. And the estimated value, if it's in you know, mint condition is $800. Now, the problem is you have to find somebody that will pay you $800 for that card. Right. And uh, I don't, so cards are really only worth what you can get someone to pay. And, you know, there's also a Cal Ripken card that's at value at $450, a Dwight Gooden rookie card at 400 So if I had that set, as I originally thought, and it was in, you know, decent condition because I put them in the, little plastic protectors and everything, I, you know, might have been able to sell it and make a rent payment for a month. But uh, I don't know what happened to those cards. And I also don't know what happened to, to the time that we had because I think we have like 15 seconds left. Well, Chad, the good news is we're going to be back next week with another movie we've not watched. Uh, but I've had fun going down memory lane. It's always fun, you know, just escaping back to uh, a, a younger time, a simpler time, here on Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.